you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. softball team. As long as, you know... Uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. As we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that down, you Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Brenton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, alive. I think the most exciting thing that happened this weekend in the SEC was, was a halftime <laughs> brawl. <laughs> because outside uh, of that, we weren't treated to much action. Mm-hmm. I know there's plenty of fans very excited, plenty of fans distraught after this weekend. Yeah. Uh, before we get into these games, what's, what was your main takeaway? Well, first off, I'd like to tell Kirby Smart to kiss my ass because they should have kicked the field goal, Mike. I, I don't understand. <laughs> There's a mathematical. But then I guess they looked over and said, well, you know, they're not going to let Joey throw further into the yard. So <laughs> I guess we're good here. So that was frustrating because my lock of the week, this is two weeks in a row, Mike, that I've been like right there on the edge, you know, old Miss getting screwed. And then, then I have this one here. It's just, ah, it just, it, this should have been an easy victory uh, for the lock of the week, and it just didn't play out the way it should have. So, But as far as the other games, man, just boring. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I know if you're half the teams, you're like, dude, like, I mean, if you're an Auburn fan, a Bama fan, you know, who else am I missing here? Uh, you know, one of these Florida fans, you know, just just beat the brakes off somebody. You're You're extremely happy. But the other side, Man, you got to be depressed as shit. I mean, to put to, to to see that performance from Mississippi State, to see that that lackadaisical effort, it, it felt like at times with LSU. It just uh, it was it was a it was a weird weekend for sure, Mike. I mean, we've had some great games up to this point until we hit this week. Well, let's just get right into it, Shane. Uh, let's recap these games. You ready? Let's do it, man. Hey, look, we got we won the big game, man. Hey, I know Coach birthday was this week, man. Look, we just want to present the game ball, man. Yeah. 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 
Alright, so I wasn't quite sure where to start for this week because there just wasn't really a competitive game, but uh, let's start with Auburn whipping up on LSU 48-11. to So many takeaways from this one, Shane. I never realized Auburn had never scored more than 42 points against LSU ever. And here we got 48 in this one. This is the largest margin of victory Auburn has ever had against LSU. And here it was. <laughs> we were both picking LSU to win. We thought uh, this game could be a toss-up, but it was anything but. You know, TJ Finley, the freshman quarterback for LSU, came down to earth. That quarterback controversy got smashed pretty quick there in Baton Rouge. <laughs> we're ready for Miles Brennan to return, help save the LSU team, mm-hmm. but... You know, I, and I even made the jokes about Bo Pelini versus Chad Morris. And I know LSU fans aren't going to want to hear this, but I thought the defense played pretty good. I mean, they held them in the game. They shut yeah. Auburn down for the most part at the beginning of the game. And it was LSU's offense that kept turning the ball over, which was leading to scores. And then, you know, LSU did – I think they gave up in the second half. It was kind of pathetic. It yeah. reminded me – you know, we've seen this a couple times this year. Tennessee versus Kentucky the second half. It kind of just seemed like one of those, and you never want to give up, especially in an SEC West battle like this, a rivalry game. But, um, mm-hmm. hey, let's give Auburn credit, too. I mean, Bo Nix had a hell of a game. Tank yeah. Bigsby still, I mean, he. I continue to say it, he's one of the best players here in the SEC this season, and the defense stepped up. I mean, this is the game plan that uh, we thought we'd be getting from Will Muschamp in South Carolina last mm-hmm. last week. Let's come after the freshman. Let's not sit back and let him to pick us apart. And after LSU ran wild on South Carolina, Auburn completely shut LSU down on the ground. That kind of defined the game here. LSU only had 32 rushing yards, 27 attempts, one point. I mean, that's pathetic. They had, they had to bring out another freshman, too. <laughs> and Max Johnson, I thought he played all right, but uh, uh, maybe it was just in comparison to T.J. Finley he looked so average. Yeah, I, I don't know, man, Mike. This this game really felt personal. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we were going into the fourth quarter, and there's a 91-yard bomb. I mean, you got to remember, they're up 42-3 to in the fourth quarter on their nine-yard line, and they launch a deep bomb to Anthony Schwartz. It just – this game felt personal, and I don't know if it was just attack on LSU. I don't think that was the case, but, you know, I was thinking, I was like, why, why is Gus so mad, you know? Because you're going to hear him talk here in a second, and he still feels a little frustrated, a little agitated. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got talking heads like me and you talking about how bad they've been. Uh, you know, we're, we're discrediting two wins that they had there this week. The, I don't know if you if you're catching it, but they were doing a lot of a lot of shit with the the, the past Heisman winners. They they unveiled a coach's uh, banner outside the stadium for the national championship. You know, it's just mm-hmm. I, I'm sure he was hearing it, just how good Auburn used to be. And like I said, this game felt like a vengeance attack on on LSU and and they weren't going to stop. They, they, they didn't stop when they saw blood. This was Gus wanted a statement win and that's exactly what he got. Mm -hmm. Well, let's kick it over to Gus. um, And then we'll discuss it on the other side, but uh, he talks about, you know, just dismantling this LSU team, Mm -hmm. the game plan for stifling them talks a little Bo Nix. And then what you kind of hit on there, he, 
you know, he really took issue with people saying that uh, Auburn didn't deserve those two wins they got against Ole Miss and Arkansas. Gus, two years in a row now that Kevin and your defense have kind of flustered LSU. Just uh, what what was in the game plan today that you guys saw that made you guys so yeah. successful? What what it was is stop the run. Stop the run, make them one-dimensional. We could pin our ears back and get after a true freshman quarterback on the road. And This is one of the toughest places traditionally to play in college football. And so really that was our plan. It was simple as that. I told our guys we need to rush for 200 yards against these guys. We need to stop the run, make them one-dimensional, get after the rookie quarterback, and take some shots. And really that was, that was really the game plan. You talk about the third quarter. It looked that was about the best quarter you guys have played this season. Yeah, you know I think we played our best game. Um, they're defending national champs, and uh, they played really well the last two weeks. And to dismantle them like we did, I think it says a lot about our overall team, not just the third quarter, um, but I think we played four quarters of football. We played sixty minutes is what we did, and that's what we've been talking about you know, every game. And we did that today. And like I said, it's going to give us some momentum for the last four. Gus, you've talked the last few weeks about the importance of sustaining drives. And you guys did that, that 99-yard drive, that 75-yard drive. Just how much confidence does that give you to see your offense be able to do that consistently? It's coming together. And, you know, I said, what, two or three weeks ago, we're a work in progress. Cred, we were a work in progress. We didn't have spring. We didn't have the same five offensive guys, but for a week. And so, you know, Chad and his staff has done a great job just staying to it. And, you know, we scored, I think, on six straight drives. We scored touchdowns. Um, so they're starting to come together. You see our quarterback that, you know, he got beat up pretty bad two, two weeks ago. And he's establishing himself as one of the best in our league. I think it's about time people start recognizing that. And uh, something we can build upon, you know, running the football, play action shots. He made some really good moves with his feet. Um, and then third downs, we won the third down, you know, battle to get today by quite a bit. Hey coach, uh, these past two, uh, the past two wins against Arkansas and, L and Ole Miss kind of had a cloud of doubt about them, whether it was a certain call or goes a certain way. Did it feel good to have a, just a dominant win over a quality opponent? Yeah, it, it didn't have a cloud of doubt for us. I mean, you know, when the whistle blows, you stop. All right, and, and I feel like we earned both of those victories, so we didn't feel that way. You know, other media may have said, but today it was good to have the game really under control midway through the third quarter. Auburn, you know, this is the team I expected to see. I want I wanted to see a dominant defense, and I wanted to see them get back to their roots, man, running the ball. That's what Auburn does. And when you run the ball well, you stop the run, things open up, and that's exactly what happened here. It's the perfect recipe for – for another national championship contender. So I don't want to overreact over one game because, I mean, this is LSU. LSU, we talked about, you know, we didn't know if Bruce Banner was going to show up or the Hulk. And apparently Bruce Banner, and he didn't even wear his glasses, you know. He's like, it <laughs> <laughs> get any worse. But, uh, yeah, this is – I don't want to overreact over, over just one week, but I did like the fight that I saw with Auburn. And, uh, you know, LSU, buddy, I, what are we going to do with these guys? Yeah, let's kick it over to Coach O because, I mean, he held a very, very short presser, didn't want to stick around and answer many questions, but he was asked about LSU, why they couldn't run the ball after they had so much success against South Carolina. 
on TJ Finley, uh, where that quarterback competition is right now, and then uh, there could there be coaching staff changes coming? There seems to be a pretty clear correlation between Young able to win football games when you run the football effectively and losing when you aren't able to do so. What's the behind that? Why are we all struggling to do that today? Well, you know, we, we, we couldn't, we, we tried. <laughs> they, they, we couldn't block those guys. And, you know, I, I saw other people block their fronts. I was, I really was surprised that we couldn't block them. I thought we could run the football. Uh, I was worried about our pass protection a little bit. I thought we needed to chip a little more and give the left tackle a little bit more help. I knew they were good pass rushers, but I was really surprised that we couldn't run the football. Hey, Ed Brooks again from The Advocate. Um, you know, with T.J. Finley in this game, what did you see from him early? And, you know, did you consider maybe Max earlier? and uh, Or were you just kind of like letting him work through some of those things? Well, you know, he played so well last week. You know, I mean, there, there was a couple of throws that could have went either way. You know, the receiver should have caught it. One was behind. And then I, I know when they make a turnover, I'm not going to pull them out right away. I mean, you can't, you, can't, you can't keep on pulling quarterbacks in and out like that. So we had to give him enough time to see what he can do. And then... When we finally made the decision to put Max in, we just thought that we had to go in a different direction. Ed, you're always very generous about crediting your, your staff for doing this well or preparing the team well that way. But at this point, is it time to consider some, you know, where your staff is defensively and maybe reassignments or, 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 or jobs that they're doing, that sort of thing? You know, uh, we evaluate every day. I'm always evaluating. But, you know, well, you got to go through a season and uh, give everybody a chance and uh, look at what we're doing at the end of the season. We'll evaluate anything. And, Ed, after, you know, into the season, I mean, you've got touch, tough games ahead. I mean, do you feel like at, throughout the end of this like, second half that this game kind of started to get away from the team? And how, how do you keep things from unraveling? How do you have that conversation? Do you feel like the effort was there throughout the game? Yeah. No, we got to look at the tape and see where we went wrong. We got to continue to fix the things we can. We got to be constructive. We got to be positive, and just identify what the problem is and come up with a solution. And uh, we got to keep playing. Uh, there's a lot of young players out there. Eric Gilbert played well. There's some, guys, some young guys that are learning how to play. Uh, this is a new team, but you got to learn. You come to the ro- on the road at SEC, you better be ready to play. That's my responsibility. Today we didn't start off fast, and Auburn was ready to play. All right, Shane, so my goodness, when uh, Coach O was praising Bo Pelini, no one, well, I don't. I guess not no one, but many of us suspected it, it wouldn't be five games into the thing. We'd be wondering if this guy's going to be make it to the end of the year. But, uh, you know, I think this game just kind of went to show that uh, when LSU's offense is not executing at a high level like it has been all year, I mean, they're, they're just going to get stopped because – Mm-hmm. Even in the games they're losing, I mean, they're, this is basically what the defense has played like. It was just never this bad because the offense was scoring at will, and you take that away, and LSU just doesn't have much to show this year, do they? No, they they really don't, man. And you know, <laughs> Bopa Lady, man. I, you know that reference. I don't know if you you saw that that uh, that reference of walking down hitchhiking uh at the end we're talking about bo pelini <laughs> yeah. you know that's off the, actually the incredible hulk at the ending <laughs> so i just like nobody got it so i, I mean I was, I was putting the pieces out there so i just thought that was a well 
<laughs> well, I mean, there was a lot of effort that went into that funny video, Mike, because I'm not the only one. Clearly, you hear it. You hear the media They're 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 coming up with fancy ways to ask, you know, when are we going to fire Bo Pelini? I mean, that's that's the one thing. Coach Coach has got a lot of pressure on Coach O, you know, but he, he's also got, you know, a national championship that he won last year. However, the piece that he did bring in, Bo, is is the ultimate scapegoat. So he act like Bo's here till the end of the season. Do you think that's true? If we keep seeing these type of performances, you know, this type of product put on the field, do you really think that Coach O is going to keep Bo around? <laughs> well, we only got a couple games left, so. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I don't you, know. You, you got a chance to win some of the fans back, I think, if you make that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach O's got plenty of de- uh, defensive uh, mindset, you know, where he could t- even take over just that side of the ball. It's just, it kind of blows my mind that we're just going to. I mean, you can't do that. I mean, just the pulse, just the the the, the temperature of back of Louisiana right now. You know, they want Bo out, and they want him out yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to think that he's not going to make it to year two. But when well, they got two weeks to prepare, my guy, they got Alabama next in that offense, so it might get a, might get worse before it gets better. Sneaking into practices, you know, like they can't. <laughs> They've moved him off campus, you know. <laughs> you can't even get an Uber now. He's got to have a fake name, you know. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, where's Bo go? But I think Bo's back to high school after this. Right. Next right, game sorry. on the docket here, Shane. Another SEC West battle. Probably the best game of the day. Can call it that. Texas A&M keeps the hot streak going. Beats Arkansas 42-31. to and, you know, I thought this was a case, Shane, of uh, both teams, for the most part, playing very well. It's just Texas A&M was the better team. They didn't make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. Kellen Mon was just playing lights out through the air and with his legs. He was hurting the Razorbacks on both sides of the ball there. I, I think Barry Odom's defense, you know, for all the credit they've been getting, and they deserve all of it, a lot of that's been predicated on force and turnovers. No turnovers in this game. I think uh, that was just too much to overcome for the Razorbacks. And really the stars of the game, the offensive line for me for Texas A&M. I don't, can't remember Kellamon ever getting touched in this game. Mm-hmm. The Aggies went 7-for-11 uh, on third down, held Arkansas for 3-of-11. That was also a key to the game. And it wasn't like these are third and one, third and two. I mean, I... They were converting third and 17, third and eight, yeah. third and nine. I mean, they were just doing it all game long. Isaiah Spiller and uh, Anaya Smith had they were they had great games. Jalen Watermeyer, two touchdowns. He was a difference maker. He was on unguardable in this one. But uh, all of a sudden, Shane, we need to give these Aggies, of course, maybe more, me more than you. We need to give them their respect because. They're looking every bit to be the top 10 team they are right now, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're definitely flipping the bill. And this is a win that they needed. It was a it was a pretty win. It was now I don't want to say flawless. There was still a couple mistakes, but yeah, this is uh this is the AM we thought we were gonna have in the offseason. They're just really coming into their fold and and they did it against a tough team. Arkansas has been very, very tough and and, and hard to predict going into these games, just what they've been able to scheme up on the defensive side of the ball. And it just felt like 
you know, it almost felt like Jimbo was just two steps ahead for, you know, and that, that kind of surprised me uh, for as much as we've been praising coach uh, Odom there, you know, it's not that we think they took a step back, but to get that offensive production that you did from the Razorbacks and from Boyd and Franks, it just felt like if we had the defense we've seen in the past, that this could have been even closer. I mean, Arkansas could have won this game, but like I said, they just didn't have an answer for, for Jimbo. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over to uh, Coach Fisher, who talked about uh, Aggies winning on third down on the offensive line, continuing to improve. One play that's going to get overlooked that shouldn't. Tyree Johnson had a sack just before halftime, and that led to uh, stalling an Arkansas drive. They had to kick a field goal, and they missed that field goal. A couple missed kicks in this game kind of killed the momentum for the Razorbacks. And then on uh, not giving up any turnovers to an Arkansas defense that's just been forcing them in bunches. Yeah, hi, Jimbo. A couple of things. First of all, you said um... – if you just speak to the success on third down, both uh, offensively and defensively, and Kellen seemed uh, particularly sharp all night, but especially on third down. He really was. We, I was in two things. We were 7-11 on third down on offense. Man, we were converting. And at last was the, the only time we punted until we got to the fourth quarter, those conversions at the end. And we had one of them as a drop, I believe. We had a drop there. We could have had an 8 out of 11 until we got to the end. And uh, in our defense, 3 of 11 getting off the field. I mean, those are critical things. And the other part for us, too, was scoring four out of four touchdowns in the red zone. But that was big. And uh, like I say, third down is always a critical part of this game. And Kellen and our play, our offensive line, our backs, our receivers, everybody, tight ends are all doing a great job on third down. Yeah, Jimbo, I wanted to ask you about the offensive line. No sacks again, uh, some good lengths to run, a couple holding penalties. How did your offensive line get better during the open week? Well, we just fundamentally got back there. We did. I think we had three holding penalties, if I'm not mistaken. We had three holding penalties, which was very uncharacteristic. And we and we had one and we had two and one. Let me tell you what now. We had two holding penalties in one drive and overcame them and scored a touchdown. That doesn't happen very often now. And uh, that was big play by our skill guys. But our offensive line is getting better and better. They're playing physical. They're, they're communicating. One of the things that I, I think is critical at 77, our center and all those guys, there's experience up there. The communications of getting hats to a hat, knowing what's going to happen before it happened, knowing how to game plan. And so in turn, that allows your technique to get better, and they're getting it. And I think the other part of that is right, being able to physically run the ball. And then Kellen's reading things, putting us in the right plays. He's getting the ball out. It's a combination of everything. But it starts with our offensive line. Yeah, Jimbo, you touched on it, but I'd love to get you to dive a little bit deeper into Tyree Johnson's sack on third down just before the half. Oh. How huge was that to keep it to 14? It was really big because if they score there, then they got the ball coming out second half. No matter how well you played, it's 28-28. So I keep telling people, you're up 14 points. Everybody, you get to the, you got to get to that three-score barrier, then get to that four-score barrier and all the things. That was a huge, huge play in the game. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it was first half or second. Wasn't there a hold he got one time, too? They held him. Was that second half? That might have been second half. So there was two big plays by him down the red zone that really helped out. Coach, talk a little bit. Arkansas's defense has been very optimistic with their turnovers this year. Y'all didn't give them any momentum. How important was that? I think it was huge. You know, I was worried when we got a couple holding penalties and got behind the sticks. You know what I'm saying? That's when they, that's when they've been very opportunistic. Kellen, those guys made some really big plays there. were very critical. Uh, but, you know, the, I think the other thing, we stayed in good positive down in distances most of the time. So we are, so he didn't have to take crazy risks and things like that. And I think we picked up, you know, we did a good job of getting a hat to a hat on the blitzes. Because I'm going to say, Barry does a great job on defense. He's hard to go against, man. I'm telling you, he had me, he had to give me a headache all week. And uh, he's very multiple, different personnel, does a really good job. And fortunately, we come out there with no turnovers. All right, Shane. So all of a sudden, Texas A&M's got this buzz. College football playoff. 
And I shouldn't say it's, it did, certainly didn't start, you know, Sunday or anything. There was people hyping it up, but I've, I had to see it against the Arkansas Razorbacks because I didn't think they were going to beat them. But here we got at South Carolina, at Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, and at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Not saying Texas A&M, it's going to be easy for them to just run through that gauntlet, but, you know, it's an SEC game. You can trip trip up on any game, but if Texas A&M played like they did on Saturday, I think they beat every single one of those teams, don't you? Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Um, I mean, just how well balanced they were. That's what I liked about it. Cause you know, some of these, these top tier teams, they, sometimes they get one dimensional and, and all it takes is, I mean, you you saw it with the LSU Auburn game. As soon as you took the pass or the running out, LSU couldn't do shit because they, the Auburn poor, just pinned them ears back and, and just lived in the backfield. I just love how balanced the Aggies are, you know, as soon as you you think Kellen is going to throw the ball, he's he's you know handing it off to Spiller and he's up to gut for fifteen yards. It was just it it was just it was just good flawless fundamental football. So that's mm-hmm. what I liked about it. And uh, like I said, I, I just I think Arkansas they just need to get by. Do you think it hurt losing uh, what's his name last week? Oh, uh, Jerry Jacobs. Yeah. Do you think Jacobs, I mean, how how big do you think that was? Well, it certainly didn't help him in this one because, yeah. I mean, Texas A&M receivers had hauled in 21 passes for 260 yards, so I certainly didn't see that coming. I think the one that really killed Arkansas was uh, Jalen Catalan, the safety, got taken out early by a uh, targeting call. It was a good call. He, t- yeah. he targeted the That's guy, true. but he's been their best player in the secondary, I think. Uh, one of the better players in the SEC this year. He was on my all-SEC team, midseason team. But mm-hmm. Arkansas is just at this place right now, unfortunately, that when you lose a player like that, they just don't have a guy that's near as good as them to step up. Yeah. And they've been suffering. They're, they're a banged-up team. I know they had two weeks to prepare for this one. So we got to see a guy like Rakeem Boyd had his first 100-yard rushing day. I mm-hmm. figured he would look good in this game. I thought that'd be key to them getting a victory. But, I mean, you just look across the board. Arkansas had a really good day. I mean, Felipe Franks, yeah. three touchdowns, zero interceptions. They rushed for 222 yards. If you would have told me those two stats, I would have said Arkansas wins this one. Uh, yeah. Traylon Burks was damn near unguardable. Seven catches, 117, two touchdowns. But well, I, What about that one in the end zone, too? Damn. <sighs> I mean, the kids, but somebody else has got to, st- don't you think? I mean, yeah, I know Burks was, was looking fantastic, but after that, there's a huge gap in mm-hmm. wide receiver too. I, I just think there, there needs to be another, I know, and I don't want to blame the offense and I don't want to blame the defense. It just, it felt like Arkansas got a little exposed this week. I don't know if you could credit that to film study or just how good Texas A&M is right now, but uh, it just felt like, you know, they were missing something, just a little something, a little little sauce on the offensive side of the ball to keep some of these drives going, you know, because they did struggle a little bit with the third downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me it was a team playing at a elite level and then just a very good team, but yeah. just not able to match it. That That's kind but of I, my read on it. I got about 15 texts during this game saying both these teams are going to kick Tennessee's ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, well, let's kick it over to Sam real quick, uh, talking about uh, giving up so many third and longs in this game and just how big losing Jalen Catalan was for his uh, defense here for Arkansas. Sam, some of the third and longs, can you uh, say what happened on those conversions and also trying to cover Jalen Weidermeyer tonight? How tough was he? On on most of the third and longs, it looked to me like we couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback, and they were running – Basically, they were running comebacks. They were running they, uh, one. They ran. They ran an angle post, uh, short. The guy that hurt us was the tight end. You know, he's a guy that we didn't seem to, couldn't seem to find. You know, but the bottom line is, if if we can't get pressure on the guy and he's st- sitting back there, guys are going to eventually get open, and and uh, that's what happened tonight. And they caught they caught the ball well and blocked well and and. Uh, basically did whatever they want wanted to uh, a lot of the times on third down. Yeah, Coach, I'm just curious how much um, you feel like the defense kind of missed Jalen's presence after he was disqualified. Well, they're missing him. I mean, he's one of the best players we have, so and he's a leader back there. So I'm sure they our defense missed him, but let's make no mistake now. We've had a lot of people out this year and played good defense and had a lot of people out and played some good offense. So uh, we missed him, uh, no doubt about it. But uh, we, we certainly can play better than what we did. Sam, you guys really made a living off turnovers, and A&M didn't really give you help in that regard tonight. How, how, how big was that in the outcome, do you think? You know, well, you know, it, it's momentum. Turnovers are, are only – sometimes they're momentum seven points, you know. Uh, we needed a few of those. We'd really been living on those. We'd been living on some goal line stands. We've been living on fourth and one. We just we just didn't get them tonight. That's all. Um, uh, but uh, we'll bounce back. We'll be fine. We'll bounce back. But um, we certainly are a better team when we get turnovers. All right, Shane. So, you know, Sam, I mean, he. it's kind of interesting because it, it wasn't you know, he didn't really express a lot of frustration necessarily or, or disappointment, I guess, is what I'm really trying to say because he knows how hard it is to go on the road and win in this league. But sometimes you just get beat by the better team, and when you lose a, one of your marquee players, you can't make that up. Now, I think the special teams continues to haunt Arkansas with these missed kicks. That's something I reference because I think that really hurt their momentum in this game. When you you got to be able to answer these Texas A&M drives, and then when you have a nice drive, and then it ends at a missed field goal, it's just so deflating. And I also thought uh, the end of the half there for Texas A&M, you know, they clearly won that, and I think that was kind of the difference in the game, just kind of execution when it matters. And and this is why you see Jimbo Fisher in year three, Sam Pittman in year one. It, there's that learning curve, and the Razorbacks are just not there where Texas A&M, it, the, it seems like the light's finally turned on for this program. Well, let me – I did want to say one thing, Mike. Okay. I mean, we've, we've got to point out the fact that uh, there's no way in the hell that was just 25,000 fans, <laughs> 27,000 fans. You know what I'm saying? It's like I think they were tw- the 12 – they were 12 men shy of being, like, sold out. That's what it like. <laughs> I'm looking at it. And then of course they even talked about during the game, you know, that Texas A&M currently leads the sec with the most fans, like the average, uh, in attendance. And, uh-huh. 
And I'm looking at it, and I was like, there's no way there's 27,000 people. There's got to be a lot more than that. So kudos to them for, I don't know what they're doing, man, and getting away with it. But every time I watch this game, I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, it'd be nice to have a little home field advantage. Once <laughs> <laughs> it come out later, after after they win a national championship or something, they come out and somebody has video. Maybe, it's a, just, maybe they can only sell 25% of the tickets, and then the rest – you know, you just you get in for free or donate or or something. You know what? It's one of those. Yeah, maybe. Or you go out, you know, and they stamp your hand, and then they find <laughs> out. You know, I mean, they're like engineers down there. It's Texas A and M. You know, it's not going to take long to figure out what kind of liquid they got there on their hands and what. You know, I'm just thinking. Oh man, it's well played. I love it. I love it. All right, Shane. Let's uh, jump to the uh, SEC East. We got. Uh, Two games here that, uh, you know, kind of go together. We'll start with Florida whipping up on Missouri 41-17. to 17. And this right here, folks, is why I don't hit the panic button. I mean, we're getting questions about Todd Grantham. When, how soon is he going to get fired? Who are we going to target to replace him? And I'm not saying that uh, he's the world's greatest defensive coordinator because of one performance, but... My God, I mean, that was the difference in this game, I thought. They, they just completely shut down Missouri for the most part in Eli Drinkowitz's offensive system. They tried a couple trick plays. They hit one or tw- two of them. But, I mean, beyond that, that was about all she wrote. Uh, Missouri did not get in the end zone, the offense, till about three minutes left in this game. They did have a pick six of Kyle Trask, but you can't put that on the Gator defense. And outside of that, I mean, Kyle Trask was outstanding, 345 yards, four touchdowns. He broke the record, Shane, of most touchdown passes in his first four games of any SEC quarterback ever. And, of course, we're playing all SEC schedules, so it's just that more, much more impressive. He's got 19 touchdowns mm-hmm. after four games. And Kadarius Toney, I mean, my God, the human highlight reel, Percy Harvin light, the, the light has clearly come on for him this year. And when they when when defenses focus on Kyle Pitts and this running game, I mean, now we yeah. just got another elite weapon to go here. And of course, we got to talk about the the melee broad halftime. But you know, I I'm so surprised to see. I guess I shouldn't be surprised in today's day and age when all these people got you got to complain about something. But I'm seeing so many people call out Dan Mullen for his <laughs> antics and, and pump, pumping up the crowd and everything. And I mean, my God, this guy is paid to win football games. And after getting the team riled up and everything, what happened? Florida just whipped the shit out of Missouri. I mean, so clearly whatever he did, whatever he said to the team at halftime worked like a charm and they just destroyed Missouri from there on out. Uh, I don't really see what, what there is to criticize him for. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, here's the thing, and yeah, and I'll talk about the game here, man. I'm going to talk about this fight for a second. If you watch the, the film, yeah, I mean, clearly, Coach is over there creating a scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and I get, you know. His Coach quarterback Mullen, just got hit in the, in the damn yeah, face. Yeah, I know, I know, but you are a team leader. And if you look back to the game they had against Vanderbilt, was it last year or a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know? Yeah. 
him and Mason weren't seeing eye to eye, but once he got instigated, once it got escalated, then the players get involved because they're following their leader. So to, I mean, it's one thing to get caught up in a situation where your quarterback got hit late. Yes, there's a time and place and there's a way to handle it. And the way you don't handle it is going to their side of the field and having that discussion with a coach or a ref or anybody because your players, they they don't have that filter. You're you're an adult. You're a grown ass man. You know what I'm saying? And and these guys are following you. And if I my coach is getting in a fight, I'm in a fight. You know, it's just that's just the mentality you have of a locker room of a team, you know. So I get the emotional side of it about your quarterback getting hit late. Absolutely. I'm frustrated, but there's a way to handle it. And the way you handle it is not making a fight. I mean, these guys were, I mean, there's, there's going to be repercussions, man. I, I mean, we're recording this on a Sunday and I'm telling you right now, when these boys are looking at it tomorrow morning or Monday morning, there there's going to be some, some heads rolling because they got to answer to a fight that happened. They got to make a statement that this doesn't happen again. And now look, You've, you've just affected the biggest game of the year. Uh, I just, you know, and I don't, I know Dan's going to come out and he's going to say his side of the, the, the story and all that stuff. I get that. And again, I know people are looking, maybe looking at this like, Shane, what are you talking about? The quarterback just hit. Yeah, but you're going you're gonna to do that every time your quarterback gets hit late? I mean, think about how many late quarterback flags have been played, you know, during this, this season alone. You don't see other coaches coming over and instigating a fight. So... Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of torn here because I, I did like the emotion of the, uh, the players. Obviously, if it's your quarterback, you're going to, you're going to, you know, defend him. That's, that's what you do. But I think a lot of this, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying Mizzou's innocent either, because there was some swinging over there. There were some coaches involved. There was some other staff involved. Uh, you know, there's that, I think it just, it escalated and you've got to be prepared to, to pull your boys back and, uh, you know, keep, keep calm because if not, you, this thing's going to roll over to the next game in which I think, I think it's going to, man. Well, to borrow a phrase from cousin Shane, Kyle Trask is the golden goose for Dan Mullen. <laughs> you got to protect him at all costs, man, because if they're going to beat Georgia, if they meet Alabama and if they got any hope, it's going to be on his arm mm-hmm. to beat those teams. I don't know. I liked it. I liked what I saw. I I obviously well. I mean, I don't like, I don't like that there was a damn brawl at, <laughs> at halftime. I certainly don't want to see that. And hell, maybe you might be right. I might be taking these words back because here on Monday, we're gonna find out if there's any suspensions. Seriously. <laughs> and if we dude. lose half the damn team, or so, I mean, surely it won't be that bad. But if we lose some key players here for Georgia and it costs them the game, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be a problem. You know what I mean? Dan Mullen is gonna have to answer for that one. And if you watch the video, just just break it down. I know you can't just like pause and look at everybody. Just, but focus on Mullen and watch watch how he's reacting during this whole situation. I think he was the trying to fire co- up his team, man, he, and it worked. Now, he dudes, fi- he fired uh, him yeah. up big time. Oh, he did. But I mean, I'm just saying he should also be pulling, you know, some of his players off the Mizzou guys. You know, it's just <laughs> I, I think they're you know, and it was in the heat of the moment. I get it. Brother, I get it. I understand, and and I hope there's not harsh. I hope this doesn't affect the 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 game this week with Georgia Bulldogs. I really do, but but I just don't see him getting out. Hell, you know, uh, Kiffin got fined twenty five thousand dollars for 
you know, just <laughs> tweeting, <laughs> just tweeting. You know what I'm saying? What are they gonna do when they see Coach Mullen over there fighting? So I don't know. We're, and then he came back out. out, was riling up the fans. Oh yeah, dude, and it worked. I'll tell you, it worked. That was a spark they needed. Uh, not saying that they were playing sluggish, but you know, this game, it, it just felt like Mizzou got away from what they've been doing good. They've just, it, they were. Everybody's been able to run on the Florida Gators, except the team that was having a lot of success running the ball until they faced the Florida Gators. I didn't understand the the struggles of Roundtree and and Beatty just disappeared, you know. And it just you put you put all that pressure on your uh, uh, your quarterback, and I just I think they got away from what they were doing and what what worked, and they just tried to play Florida ball, and it they just couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over to Coach Mullen after the game. And if you surely you've seen it by now, but he showed up to his damn presser in a Darth Vader outfit and a lightsaber. He had a, even had the lightsaber. And you think, you know, if he's going to show up to something like that, he'd take the mask off to do the tele the press conference. Nope. He did not. <laughs> I hate to start off with this, but I have to ask, like, take us through what happened right at halftime and and on the same scale, like, how do you balance, you know, wanting to keep guys out of trouble versus, you know, telling them defend your teammate, defend your quarterback? Well, I, th- I think it starts there. I think, uh, you know, I-, I didn't see it. I was watching the play down the field to see if there was pass interference on the player if we made the catch. And then guys are like, hey, I mean, they really they, – they, I, I got told they hit him late. Uh, and you know what? I mean, our guys are going to defend their quarterback. And I think our, our guys started to do that. And then I think, um, you know, unfortunately, you're at a play where, you know, if, if, if that's a late hit and there's pushing and shoving and it, it was going to be like fourth down and we had to punt or one of those situations, it's one thing. But when the teams are leaving the field, you have kind of both teams running off the field at the same time. Uh, so I didn't see what was going on. I didn't see the late hit. I got told, told afterwards that our guys thought that was the case, but obviously it wasn't uh, it, from the official's point of view. Um, then we went out there trying to get our guys off the field because it was getting testy, you know what I mean? We have, we have a big game next week. And, you know, I, I think it kept growing and growing. We're trying to kind of push guys back. And, you know, unfortunately, it kind of, you know, trying to get in the middle, get the officials to get in the middle, trying to get them to get in the middle, get us in the middle, get their team off, our team off. And, you know, but everyone's running to the locker room and it kind of keeps spilling down that way. So it's a really unfortunate situation. Uh, it's not something we condone, obviously. It's not something that you really want to see in the game. Um, at all, but I, I'll tell you this: I, I give I give uh, our coaches, I give our players uh, a lot of credit, and I, I give uh, Coach Drinkwitz and I give the Missouri staff and their players a lot of credit uh, because you know how that first and how tense that that you know kind of how that first half ended. Um, you know, it just shows the class of both teams being able to come out in the second half and just play football. You know, none, none absolutely zero of that carried over into the second half. Zero of that carried over post game. Uh, zero of that, you know, carried past that. And it just shows, you know, kind of the, uh, the, the, you know, the great job, I think, by the players and the coaches on both teams and, and their, their ability to sit there. And I, I don't think either side would say, hey, that, that's, that's what we wanted to have happen. Um, and neither side condones it. And you know what? It's an unfortunate situation that happened. Uh, but, I'm, but I think it shows the, the, the class of the programs to be able to come out and play the second half the way we did. Yeah, Dan. Um... The fact you're dressed as Darth Vader, do you feel like you were somewhat of a villain in this fight? I mean, you charged out on the field pretty hard. I was trying to get our players off the field, you know, because I know we have a big game next week. Okay. 
I mean, do, do you feel like that escalated it at all? I was trying to get our players off the field to make sure there wasn't, you know, we didn't have issues and have a whole bunch of guys suspended. We're already a paper thin outfit right now, so. The uh, with with the, all the guys you had out, and you have three of your starters on the secondary out. Um, you probably weren't expecting to dominate the game with your defense the way you did. Can you just talk about? how well they played after getting all the criticism they've gotten? Well, I, I think that. I think, you know, I mean, on the outside, they've got a lot of criticism. They haven't got a lot of criticism on from the inside, uh, from us. You know, I mean, it, it was uh, – I, I, I can't wait till we get to play a, a game with a full defense. Um, you know, I mean, it kind of seems like we're playing with a partial defense every single game of the season right now. But I think uh, our guys, I think Todd and the staff, you know, we talked about making sure we have the guys in the right position to make plays. We've played some very good offenses. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, throughout the course of the year so far. And, uh, but I thought they did a good job of, of making adjustments, putting guys in position to make plays. Uh, our guys, I think, taking a, that pride to, to, uh, to, to pick it up after, you know, kind of uh, how people have been, been getting after them. But, I mean, uh, we haven't lost confidence in, in that, in our ability to make plays and our playmakers on the field. Um, you know, and I'm really proud of how those guys played. I, you know, they were, they were, they, uh, they, they, you knew they were going to take pride in how they were going to play the game this, this week. Uh, and they certainly did that for four quarters. And then secondly, just Kadarius Tony. I mean, it, the guy scored three times, pretty impressive, uh, with each one of them. He did, you know, well, you know, one of the things that's so impressive with him is, you know, I think everybody used to watch a playmaker, put the ball in his hand and something crazy is going to happen. But you watch his discipline and his understanding of how the plays are being run, how the plays are hitting, you know, his production going forward. I, he had one where he stopped and ran back all the way around the field this, you know, uh, today. Uh, but, and I don't mind that, but, you know, cause, because you watch him, you watch how he's matured and growed, grown into playing within the offense, not just give me the ball and I'm just going to run around like crazy. He plays within the scheme. He sets up runs. He sets up blocks. Um, and then he can make special things happen and make you miss and, and break tackles as well. All right, Shade, so there, that's kind of classic Mullen. He doesn't give away COVID info or injury info. He sure as hell's not going to say what happened uh, <laughs> prior to the brawl here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I think you're wrong. But I think you could be right if the SEC comes drops a hammer on him. But I don't know if they're really going to want to do that because this, is, this yeah. is such a huge game. So we'll, it'll be interesting. I do think uh, – I think if there's no suspensions, that uh, Dan Mullen might be looking at a fine. But, hell, I guarantee you he, he's happy to pay it if it means uh, they beat Georgia next week. You know what? Yeah, I mean, if you if you slow it down, it was a lot of helmet punching. I mean, really, what kind of damage are we doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, don't, I never heard anybody came out with, you know, serious ailments here. So, I, I honestly, I don't think it's – if you – if this is at a high school game, you know what I'm saying? It's just, that's just how it is. But now that it's, everything's recorded and people got their opinions and, you know, it's just, it was a big, big event. And I think what helped this game was the fact it was on an alternate channel. So not a lot of people got to see it. In fact, the only thing they saw from this game was this fight. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Shane. So uh, let's kick it over to the other side, Missouri coach drink after the game. His mic, there was like some kind of weird issue. So the, some, of the, some of this is kind of hard to hear, so I didn't get a whole lot of it here. But uh, he discusses what occurred at, before the big brawl on Missouri losing so many 
turnovers and how that turned the game for him. And then on the bad ending of the first half, I mean, Missouri, for as poor as they were overall playing on offense, like I mentioned, their defense got a pick six. They actually had the lead. It was seven to six. And then in a bit, about a span of about two, three minutes on the game clock, Florida scored two touchdowns real quick. That Hail Mary could have been the third one. But uh, things unraveled there for Missouri. Yeah, Eli, what, I guess from your perspective, kind of happened there at the end of the first half? Honestly, I don't, I don't really know. Um, you know, I, I was watching. My eyes were on the ball. Um, we played the ball. Ball was knocked away. I was started running in and saw one of their coaches on our hash yelling at our guys. And then I saw more of their players join in than our players joined in. And we got to keep our guys from joining in. We got to keep our guys from the sideline. It's an ugly scene. It's an ugly scene for football. It's an ugly scene for college football. And I'm not proud of it. And I don't know who started it, but um, yeah, I mean, we got to figure it out. We got to get it fixed. I, I, you know, like I said, it's, it's disappointing. I'm not for that at all. And I don't know, you know I don't know why they were running over to our hash. I, I have no idea what even kind of they were yelling about. So uh, we'll take a look at the film. Um, but then I'm sure we'll, we'll find out more tomorrow when we watch the tape. Take, the film doesn't lie. Eli, Eli against against LSU, LSU, you guys uh, turnovers, turnovers that didn't really hurt really the outcome. Yeah, um, Tonight, they, they changed, changed the game. The game. How, much yeah. how much of a focus were you guys putting on those on turnovers on during this five-week week weekend and in preparing for your next game? Yeah, ton, ton, ton. We don't turn the football over. We got a chance to, to uh, you know, help our defense and, and play good football. And we're, we're not doing that. We're putting our guys in bad positions. Our defense played their butt off in the first half. And shouldn't have had, uh, you know, shouldn't have had – that shouldn't have happened. So, um, yeah, got to focus on it. Okay. Eli, Eli, what was what the, was the conversation, conversation at halftime? Not just from scuffle or whatever, but just the way it ended between, um, you know, a fumble and the touchdown and then um, them getting up to the lead and everything. Yeah, we, we, we just lost our composure, you know, lost our composure and tried to get everybody settled down. And, and obviously we didn't do that because then uh, – you know, they went out there and drove the length of the field and scored, and then we went three and out offensively. And you know, so we had to do a better job uh, getting our team under control and and uh, adjusting for halftime. Coach, from your perspective, what went wrong at the end of the first half? Not with the fight, but with the two touchdowns for me and the fumble where it kind of snowballed out of control for you. Guys. Yeah, we got into a third and one situation. We tried to tempo them, and they held us up. And, uh, looked like our left tackle got beat across face with a defensive stunt. And uh, so the tailback was trying to jump cut at the same time that the quarterback was trying to pull it from the defensive end coming down to crash. And, uh, you know, when that happens, you got one guy pulling one way and one guy going the other. It's typically a fumble. So, you know, we got to do a better job not allowing uh, penetration and, and uh, you know, can't, can't turn it over. And then we busted the coverage. Well, look like we went cover three. All right, Shane. So, you know, I think a little bit like that Arkansas-Texas A&M game, I think this is just a case of, you know, a team playing at an elite level, one of the better teams in the SEC, beating a good team. But when you get a good team like Florida playing at, at the level they were playing at on both sides of the ball, I don't think Missouri ever stood a chance in this one. Certainly didn't think that was going to happen after – the long layoff on the COVID stuff, but I'm not freaking out if I'm a Missouri fan after this result. Are you? 
No, I, I'm not freaking out at all. In fact, you know, sitting here after five weeks looking at your resume, I think you're feeling pretty good about your current situation. Was Things didn't go right during this game, Mike, and, and I don't know if it was just competitive depth or they got away from the running. I, I just thought that was huge. And the fact that they gave up some big plays. There was there was five receivers for Florida that had a reception over thirty yards. I mean that's that's not Mizzou defense. They've been playing really tough and they've been pretty good about uh, stopping the big plays. And um, it's just I don't know they're just wearing down. But again, you got to remember this is a team that's coming off a of bye, and Mizzou's got theirs coming up this week. So I think. You know, a hard resets what these guys need, a little film study, get some ailments fixed. And, uh, yeah, I think the second half of the season is looking pretty bright for the Mizzou Tigers. Hey, Shay, well, before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie, the online sports book. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today. All new customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to MyBookie.ag and you put in the promo code that. SEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000, so you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. got this college football firing up, we're going to get into some some picks here, but man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here, and the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. So <laughs> head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at mybookie with that promo code that SEC. Mm-hmm. Well, sticking in the SEC, East Shane, I wanted to put these back to back. Georgia goes on the road and beats Kentucky. One of the quickest ugliest football games I can ever remember seeing in the SEC 14 to 3 and that you got to take into consideration Georgia scored on their opening possession so they basically did little to nothing the entire game but little is more than what Kentucky managed to pull off this game I swear if uh, if not for commercials this damn thing would have been over you know right in 60 minutes because Damn near every play was a run. Uh, What do we got here? We had over 70, 82 rushes in this game, Shane. Stetson Bennett only threw the ball 13 times. And, I mean, it was just a clinic on running the ball. And Joey Gatewood, you know, I'm not trying to judge him too harshly just on this one performance. And he's obviously going up against an incredible Georgia defense. But he didn't look any better than Terry Wilson. You know, I mean, he looked a lo- maybe a little bit better as a runner at times, but for whatever, he scared to death to throw the ball down the field. So I don't know what in the hell to make of Kentucky, particularly on offense. I mean, it's this is uh, this is just kind of sad to watch him play, isn't it? Depressing, man. And, and I'm gonna say both sides. Here, Georgia had opportunities, man. How many? How I mean, they were. All right, let me. Chill for a second, Mike. All right. Here's the thing that pisses me off about the Georgia Bulldogs. They don't do anything. They don't change. They just they go out. They're 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 content with handing Zeus the ball 26 times and, and get a victory, a close victory, 
I mean, one one bad break, Kentucky's in this thing. Two bad breaks, they're winning the game. I mean, that's just you know that that this conservative play calling this is just freaking garbage. And you want to beat teams like Alabama? You got you know you got all these other competitive teams. Co- I mean, this week against Florida, you can't. I mean, you can't just rely on your defense. We tried that against Alabama, and you got smoked. But you got us. That's what I was thinking. These guys are going to come out, and they're going to stretch this offense. This is why I picked them for my lock of the week, Mike. So, yes, I'm a little frustrated that I lost $100 on this damn game. But it was because that this conservative play call. This shouldn't be a 14-3 game. I mean, if you can hold your a quarterback to 91 yards passing, you know, this should not be a, what, Two possession game? Come on, you got you got weapons and you got to find them. You got to practice using them, because if you don't, when you come up to a game like next week, like this week with the Florida Gators, and you get caught off, they're just gonna you you ha- you don't have the experience. You don't know how the know how. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Stetson, all he's used to doing is turn around, handing off left, turn around, hand it off right. You know, try to get it over the defensive lineman for a completion. You know, it's just. <laughs> It's that's not the that's not the makeup for a national championship contender, man. You've got this is when this was a perfect tune-up game, and they dropped it. Yeah, Georgia only had two receivers in this entire game catch a pass. Now they had a running back, James Cook, catch a few. They had a tight end catch one pass, but I mean, this is the University of Georgia, Shane, where they're signing five-star, four-star. I, I know. Uh, George Pickens didn't play, so maybe that stat's a little skewed, but it's no excuse. You know, I mean, every single receiver on your roster should be just as talented, if not more, than every Kentucky defensive back. And that's, I'm not trying to disrespect Kentucky, but I mean, that's just the way it is right now. And they still can't get anything going. And it's just like you said, I mean, it's the same story, different year, different coordinator. Same deal. I mean, last year this game was, what was it, like 20-0 to where mm-hmm. <laughs> they just hated it off. I know it was raining and all that, but it's just the same damn, same old Georgia offense. And then we got Kirby here. Won't share any information on what in the hell's going on. You know, <laughs> I guess he's totally wrote off Mathis. I mean, at this point, I think the fans – want to see what he's got now that we know that Arkansas has got a good defense. Maybe that was, I don't know, Mathis was really terrible in that game. But, hell, that was just we give him one shot and that's it. You know, that kind of reminds me of some of these other coaches in the SEC. And then JT Daniels was at least at this game. So what's his status? And The mailman's closed, buddy. The post office (laughs) is shut down. It was fun. Don't get me wrong, and it fired up a lot of the players, and I think it was uh, it was a good run, but we've got to see something else. I mean, when you break this game down, Mike, and you take out the running backs, we've got one pass to a tight end and four receptions from a receiver in this damn game. <laughs> this is and this is the number five team in the nation. Yeah, the defense is doing their job, but. The best way to to it's just this I I don't get it man I don't I don't understand it and then here's what's going to happen Mike they're going to get caught they're going to get caught with their pants down 
And it may be next this week with Florida Gators. I keep wanting to say next week because it's this week, buddy. And when these two teams meet and Florida just airs it out and Pitts is sitting there and he's got two or three touchdowns, the next thing you know, you're like, oh, wait, the defense is bending. They're breaking. Uh-oh, what do we got to do? We got we to gotta pass the ball. Well, guess what? Stetson doesn't know how to because he only did it four freaking times this week against Kentucky. It's so stupid, man. You got to you, – you practice – to play the game and then when you play the game it's to, it's to, if it's a if it's like a shit game you need to do well so that when you play an opponent that is just as talented as you are you can be competitive did you see florida slow down against a lesser team no they've been they've been i mean jeez the pedal's <laughs> down you know what i'm saying they're fighting at halftime these guys are pumped up they're ready to they're ready to win and then you just got Georgia just, you know, doing their nine to five, going to work, <laughs> hand it off to Zeus. That's what we do, you know. And then it's not going to work. And it's, you know, this is, this is, and I hate to say it, Mike, it almost makes me want to say this is why Kirby Smart will never win a championship. Well, Shane's fired up. I like it. He's not going to get any less fired up by these comments from Kirby Smart. Uh, let's kick it over to Coach talking about the uh, offensive struggles on the the plan there at the quarterback position on if there is such a thing as an ugly win and then on uh, is this Georgia limited <laughs> offensively? I mean, that's it's kind of a joke of a question, but the, the answer is even worse. Kirby, I think y'all – I'm trying to remember. I think y'all only had three offensive possessions in the first half. I think it was four, excuse me. Four with the short one at the end, yeah. Right at the end. When, you're, when you don't have as many, is it hard to tell in the first half if y'all are struggling – or if y'all are doing what you're supposed to do and Kentucky has the ball too much, how would you categorize that? Can you can you? Well, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't say we're struggling. I mean, not at all. We, we basically got things down to we had a third down maybe that James or somebody caught a ball and I think he ended up like a foot short or a yard short and we just you know didn't convert. You got to you got to get that first down, which he got one later in almost the same situation. He got the first down and uh, defensively you got to get the ball back to the offense. I mean, they had a 19 play drive or something. It's like playing the triple option where you only get a certain number of possessions. But I wasn't disappointed in the effectiveness of the offense in the first half. They just didn't get many opportunities. Hey, Kirby, with some of those uh, struggles there at quarterback, um, it, was there any, you know, thought – and I know you talked about the possessions, but was there any thought about uh, maybe trying to give the offense a little bit of a spark at some point and, and DeWan, JT, anybody like that? No, there was no discussion about it because I, I personally didn't, you know – a batted ball on a pass that he's got to get around a guy is is not a real struggle. I know that you can say what happens once, same on me, happens twice, same on you, but it's one of those things. He's got to wrap the ball around it. He's got to throw it away. He's got to get another opportunity. But he also did a lot of good things in the run game. He pulled a ball and scored with it. He put us in the right run plays. He handled motions. He handled the clock. He did some good things. Um, you know, he didn't get a chance to throw the ball an awful lot today uh, because we were able to run the ball. So It seems like the key with Stetson is, is – whether or not he throws interceptions and he didn't have any the first three games and obviously five, the last two, not all his fault, but is it a matter of you need to get back to what was working or is there any worry that like defenses are scouting him better? No, it's nothing to do with defense scouting him better or doing anything like that. It's uh, it's, it happens, you know, it happens sometimes when you throw the ball. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. He, he, he made one poor decision, and we thought he should have checked the ball down, and um, he threw the ball deep and was really trying to throw it out of bounds and didn't get it out of bounds. So it's just a poor decision. It's a lack of experience and, and make good decision. But he also did some good things with the ball. 
And uh, that's the, that's the most important thing for us. It's not necessarily getting back to what we were doing. It's, give Kentucky some credit. They got a good defense. They got a good team. They always play good, hard physical defense. Uh, Kirby, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'll ask anyway. In in the eye of a coach, is there any such thing as an ugly win? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's ugly wins. And what, what was was this one? I don't know. It depends on what uh, what your appetite and what your view is. I mean, okay. you know, the, the, I would argue that with the the sometimes tough getting prepared, adjusting, playing at noon, which people can use an excuse all they want. The other team has to do the same thing you have to do. And then, you know, four starters out on defense and having to recover from that. I was, I was very proud and saw some resilient guys out there. And that's pretty to me when guys go out and finish and do things the right way. But we certainly didn't play our best game. Kirby, I understand how you view things internally and how people externally view things sometimes and often perhaps don't align Externally, I'm sure a lot of people look at your team right now and say they're limited offensively. Internally, do you believe you're limited offensively? I do not. And uh, I hope one day we get to show it. I hope we get an opportunity to because we get to go against pretty good defense every day. And uh, I'm, I see them. I see them pass pro. I see them throw and catch the ball. I see us run the ball. I see us play action. I see a lot of good things uh, out of our offense. And, Unfortunately, we, we haven't been able to see him yet. And a lot of that today was uh, due to a ground and pound ball control by them and uh, a few unfortunate turnovers. All right, Shay, no such thing as an ugly win. How, what do you think about that and uh, those comments about the uh, Georgia offense being limited? The fact this was a game in the fourth quarter is an absolute joke, Mike. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kentucky played Georgia tough. They, they, they did some good things here. Their defense especially. But there's no – I mean, there's no way you can watch this game and say that Georgia didn't have control of it the entire time because they did. They were able to run at will. They were able to keep the, the clock moving. And it was almost like they were playing keep away. And then you got Coach coming out and saying, just wait till we get an opportunity this was your opportunity, man. This was your stage. This was your chance to show the nation that you have an offense, and they didn't do it. So I, I, I'm i just so – I mean, out of all the teams I saw this week, and we saw some ugly games, buddy. We saw some ugly games. This team is the one I'm most disappointed in. Not even close. Well, speaking of disappointed, let's kick it over to Coach Stoops, who talks about uh, Kentucky's issues on offense on Joey Gatewood's debut as a starting quarterback, and then on where this uh, Kentucky quarterback competition is moving forward. Mark, how did you think uh, Joey Gatewood played? You know, it was, you know, going into it, it's going to be a tough, uh, you know, a tough day. You know, just, um, you know, any any quarterback that goes into playing Georgia, you know, um, you know, it's going to, there's going to be some good and some bad because they're going to create uh, some havoc in there with the, with the way they can rush. And so, um, you know, I thought, you know, I think we're going to put on the film and see some things where more reps, uh, more confidence, more comfort. I felt like some of those throws were there, I think, with opportunity, with, you know, with, with playing some more. He's got to anticipate that and get the ball down the field. I think there were certain um, opportunities there that uh, we're going to look at and, uh, um, you know, wish we can do them over, have a little regret on some, some, some reads. 
but overall he did he did some good things. I think there's there's a lot to build on there with him for sure. Mark, what is it about the offense that you see needs to change and for for it to get in a more of a scoring position and to score? Well, I mean, I thought they did a really good job at times today. I thought we were creative with um you know, keeping a really, really talented defense on their heels as far as some of the run game, some of the sets we were in, we were giving our kids an opportunity to be successful and move it. But but we do. We have to create explosive plays um, in the pass game. And uh, we got to be creative. We, gotta, uh, we do have to take more shots. I mean, Eddie knows that. Eddie's been hard on himself. Um, I thought, again, we had an opportunity to – uh, you know, if we we punch it in a couple off some good drives um, with some with, with mixing it up uh, very well, we just got to punch it in. We got to score, and you know we tried um, a double post with a wheel. You know we felt like it had a good chance, and and they got pressure. They they sacked us. You know so um, you know when you're again I, I you know that's arguably the number one defense in the country. And uh, you know if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's good. You know, maybe they have good coverage. Maybe it's it's pressure. Um, you know, they're mixing it up. So um, you know, it's hard. But uh, there there's plays that are out there, and we're working hard at it to to create some plays in in the pass game. And and uh, we've got to continue to find uh, different sets and different ways and take some shots for sure. Do you think? I mean, if, if everybody's healthy, do you think the plan going into Vandy is for him to? to Get the majority of number one reps, or, or is that undecided? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I need to comment on that right now. Um, you know, I haven't watched any film at all, um, so uh, we'll wait and make those decisions. All right, Shane. So we don't know, you know, the full details of Terry Wilson's injury. I don't think it's too bad, you know, to where he's not going to play the rest of the year or anything. But they're in a weird spot here because they've already pulled the trigger. Not saying you can't go back to Terry. I certainly think he can, but. You know, what are you doing to Joey Gatewood if you're just yanking him in and out of the lineup here? And for whatever reason, either he was uncomfortable or the receivers weren't getting open or, or what have you. But, my God, it, it it almost felt like he didn't understand you could throw it past the first down marker or anywhere <laughs> close to it. You know what? Yeah, I, I don't think you can pull him now. I, I, we're too far in. And I, I think George is too good on defense too to to, to fairly. It's kind of unfair to to criticize Joey. I think exactly. And, and you've got okay. Let's go look at their schedule. You got Vanderbilt mm-hmm. this week. So if there were a chance to gain some composure, gain some some you know chemistry with your receivers to to get a little confidence, it, you would think it would be at home against the Vanderbilt Commodores, and because it don't get easy after that, Mike. You've got at Alabama, at Florida, and then South Carolina to come home at the at the, to end the season. So, mm-hmm. if Kentucky's going to be competitive in those two games, you've got to have the quarterback situation figured out. And I think Joey's your guy, Terry. We know what he's got. We we've seen his resume, Joey. This is his first opportunity. He went against a tough defense. I'm not going to bury him just yet. He he's going to. But I'm I'm going to tell you this. Coach better get some confidence in him. They they better let him throw the ball down the field because if not, if 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 you if you're not getting that play calling, man, don't think Joey ain't. He knows the playbook. Joey knows from top to bottom what the playbook is, and coach keeps talking these safe routes and dumping it off to your running backs. And you know, it just 
that I think that messes with their psyche too, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, stretch the field. Let these boys play. You've got a great offensive line. You've got a you got a good running game. There should be no reason that they don't have a balanced attack. This isn't 2019 with Terry. That's gone. All right? We're in 2020. You've got a quarterback with a hell of an arm that's been compared to Cam freaking Newton. Let's just let's, let's grip and rip. Let's, let's let the boy play some football. All right, Shane, let's uh, jump back over to the SEC West where Alabama just whipped the hell out of Mississippi State 41-0. First time ever Mike Leach has ever been shut out. Of course, Kentucky basically did that the other week, but the, there was a safety, so that didn't, technically didn't count. But this one counts for real. And Alabama runs wild here, covered the spread. Mac Jones, another outstanding performance, 291 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. The hero of the game, Devonta Smith, 11 catches, 203 yards, four touchdowns. I do not know what Smith has against the state of Mississippi, but uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, he scores every game. Last year against Ole Miss, he had four touchdowns. He torched them this year to uh, Alabama. They are who the, we thought they were. And yeah. I thought, to, you know, to credit Mississippi State here for a second, I thought their defense, outside of their, their cornerbacks were not good in this game. But outside of that, hell, they held Alabama 6-14 of 14 on third down. They got uh, a sack, a couple tackles for loss. Um, this Mississippi State defense, I think, is as good as I've been hyping them up. But, you know, at some point when your offense is doing absolutely zero, you know, you break down and, and you just kind of surrender here. But uh, I just – I guess the point I'm trying to make is when you're going up against a solid defense and you win by 41 points, it just shows you what caliber of a team Alabama is. And, you know, we don't talk about the polls that much. They're kind of stupid. But Clemson almost lost to Boston College this week and they're still number one. I mean, that that's a damn mm-hmm. joke. Let's let's crown Alabama number one for now. They've earned it. Mm-mm-mm. I'm telling you what. Let me read you. Mississippi State's first half drives, all right? Three plays, four yards, punt. Three plays, six yards, punt. Three plays, four yards, punt. Three plays, seven yards, <laughs> punt. Three three plays, zero yards, punt. Four plays, 13 yards, punt. And three plays, four yards, punt. How, how pissed off was that defense at half? You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn, we are on this field the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was just that that just started it and i mean i i love don't don't get me wrong i'm still hanging on mississippi state fans i know you're still hanging on the pirate he's special he really is i think so but i'm starting to wonder mike did we make a mistake by willing the pirate over to the sec hmm well i'm gonna say no I think he's really just got to get his, you know, his receivers in there, his system, his offensive line, everything. I think, I think it's just such a, if you remember Joe Moorhead's system with Nick Fitzgerald and, and then with the bearded trader, mm-hmm. it seemed like they ran the ball about seventy times a game, and and the issue was they could never go to the air. Right now yeah. they're doing the complete one eighty in the SEC. I think he's proven he's hired a quality defensive coordinator and they're they're moving in the right direction on that side of the ball. But it is stunning that uh, the offense is, is this pathetic. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that 
the quarterback you brought in is it seems like a complete bust. And I'm not counting just this game because unfortunately, if you missed it, he took a vicious. Uh, it it was not a uh, dirty play by any means, but he caught a knee to the back of the helmet, mm. I believe it was. And he got a clear concussion, knocked out of the game. He needs to sit next week, I would imagine. But you know, aside from that, I'm talking about his performance on the field. He has been kind of just a big bust. And then your star running back, who may be the best running back in the SEC, is not with the team. So I don't know. There's just so many things, and all these guys leaving. I yeah. think uh, it's kind of hard to judge the product they're putting on the field. It's pathetic for sure, but I'm not going to judge Mike Leach until, you know, he's brought in this Will Rogers that no one else wanted and certainly didn't look great here against Alabama, but the game doesn't look too big for him. And I think, I think he's going to turn into a very solid passer. So you've got the, the key piece of that offense to build around. You just need to, you're basically short of the other 10 at the moment. You know what? <laughs> oh, let me go to the other side real quick, man. I want to read you the, the rest of these games. Alabama's got LSU, they got Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas. Does Alabama go undefeated, or do you think, yeah, I mean, clearly probably Auburn's the team you got circled because they've done it recently. Uh-huh. Um, LSU maybe. I mean, it's, are these guys going undefeated? Well, don't forget there's going to be a key game <laughs> After that, if they win a couple of those, so well, yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say they are going to go undefeated. No. Okay. All right. Which one are you is it? Auburn? You thinking? Like, who's going to give them the biggest fit? Oh, of those four? Yeah. Or Arkansas, right there at the very end. It's going to be. Call it, me crazy, Shane. I'm going to go because the incredible Hulk will show up. <laughs> LSU. I think that's the best shot right there. With if yeah. Miles Brennan is playing, it's a night game. CBS, isn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, man. Sorry, I was just curious. I was looking at it. I mean, I mean, just what they've been able to do. Forty-one. I mean, I'm looking. At, it's just unbelievable. Alabama is, is, and you're you're going against the SEC. Every game's the SEC, man. It just blows my mind just how deep and great they are all right sorry well let's kick it over to uh let's double up on these real quick coach Saban he he kept his brief on uh how they adjusted to stop Mississippi State's offense on uh, playing without Jalen Waddell for the first time and then Mike Leach talks about uh, KJ Costello's status in the quarterback competition on uh, if his players are getting the offensive system and uh man he just he did not sound too happy on this one Hey, Coach, since this is such a different scheme y'all were facing this week defensively, how much of this performance is applicable to the future opponents you'll face? Or or what about this can you take as a positive sign of development going to the future? I think it's a positive sign that the players were able to, um, you know, do the things that were a little different and go out there and execute them well enough against a, you know, pretty pretty prolific passing team. I, I don't think they expected us to play the way we played, so that probably uh, was a positive for us. Uh, we did a lot of research in the offseason uh, on who played them well uh, and who played that offense well, even at Washington State. And um, 
you know, we've watched the, all the games this year, who struggled, why they struggled, uh, and who played really well against them. And we try to take bits and pieces of all those things and put it together. We actually worked on this in fall camp, so I think that was beneficial. So it wasn't all new, you know, for the players. But um, th this is the – the way we played the game today is you're begging, a guy, you're begging them to run the ball you know, basically the way we played. And uh, I don't think you can play against that. I don't think you can play that way against most teams. Uh, but I think, you know, the the confidence that the players gain from going out there and, you know, getting shut out in this day and age is a, a real positive thing for, you know, the defense. Nick, what does it say about the resiliency of your offense that you're able to move the ball so well against the, the SEC's top defense without – without Jalen Waddle, And then we also saw him on the sidelines. How much of a boost did he provide to the team? Well, I think it's always a boost for our team when Jalen's around. He's such a positive guy, and he's uh, um, very supportive of his teammates and uh, really a great team guy. So it's always good to have him around. And I'm sure it was uh, uplifting for a lot of the guys to see him there and see he's okay and um, that he was, you know, in support of them. So uh, it was a good thing. So. But, um, you know, we're going to have to play with Jalen Waddle for the rest of the season. And um, so I think other people have to step up. And I think um, we're, we're going to have to get some consistent performance out of, you know, a lot of players. Uh, some guys, we've got to play some guys at the end of the game today, which I thought was good. Um, but they got to step up and learn how to play too and learn how to play fast, know what to do, know how to do it, know why it's important to do it that way. And... Uh, hopefully we can get them some confidence and, you know, this bye week is going to be, you know, a point of emphasis is going to be get some of these guys where they can play winning football. We'll finish up with Stephen Smith. Mike, I know you're probably still checking on it, but what's KJ's status at this moment? And I guess where is he kind of at? Uh, well, we're still checking on it. Probably wouldn't tell you if I knew. So uh, we end up at the same destination with that one, but uh uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but, you know, uh, uh, he's an important part of our team, so we're definitely, uh, uh, you know, we're definitely going to uh, look after him the best we can. It'll obviously depend on KJ's health, but going forward, is it going to be kind of a week-to-week -week deal? Uh, who, who's the starting quarterback each week, just based on practice? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we're 100% healthy around here, so... Uh, so not even an ankle sprain, so that's the good thing. But um, the uh, yeah, we'll we'll see and we'll gauge it, and uh, and you guys will be uh, kind of the second to know after uh, our team. Hey Mike, I know obviously you know you're just coming off the field, so there's no film to watch right now. But I guess basic preliminary like uh, thoughts on the game and um, and everything from tonight. Well, I thought we played hard. I, I thought we played hard. I thought we played sloppy and dumb at times. Um, I think that, uh, you know, uh, Alabama's a team that is, uh, this has been put together for over a decade. And, uh, you know, they have a culture that's extremely hardworking and competitive uh, that permeates their entire program. We're a program that's trying to get there. Uh, you know, what's, uh, the good news with us is we've got some very young guys and who will be around for a while, and this is a good starting point for them. Some of them probably wouldn't be starting now uh, <clears throat> were it not, you know, out of necessity. But, um, 
but I think in in the end the 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 reps and the experience are going to pay off and um you know and it's kind of like I I told these guys everybody can work harder than they think they can focus harder than they think they can well Alabama is uh through their process they've uh, learned and discovered that you know we've got uh we're we're just getting started here and we need to discover some of those th- same things and uh I was proud of the way we competed um in the future I mean this would not uh, be the standard, but, uh, you know, as far as uh, battling that sort of thing, I was pleased with that portion of it, but, uh, you know, we certainly have miles to go. So, Hey, Coach, uh, your defense was on the field a lot, obviously, in that first half tonight, but Matt and I were talking about it. It looked like those guys really were giving you effort and competing. How would you feel about the way that they played before they kind of got – they kind of got stuck out there all night. Oh, I thought they, I thought they did pretty good. And really, I think um, overall defensively, other than um, <clears throat> uh, some big plays and explosives, I thought they played real well. All right, Shane. So main takeaway here for for you, it sounds like uh, you're kind of already selling your Mike Leach pirate stock. <laughs> and Alabama's the best team ever assembled. But uh, any other thoughts before we move on from this one? No, I just I feel bad because going into this game, you know, I I, I met a Mississippi State fan out and about, and we we're just you know shooting the shit and everything, and and I just felt I felt bad for them because you know that there was no hope. They weren't looking at the future. In fact, she, she was almost doubting the hire, and uh, and then going into this game, uh, another one with zero points on the board, and it just felt like they didn't have an answer. I get it. You've got a freshman quarterback. You you know, you're not getting a spark. Your best player isn't playing. But this defense has been pretty good. And, you know, with all those three and outs, we joked about it. It still was a a three-score game going into half. They just needed some sort of life to come from from that side of the ball. And you thought if anybody could do it, it would be the Pirates. So I'm not sailing. It's just – you know, it's just, I don't know, each week that I watch this, I realize just how how much of a rebuild this is. Uh, he's got his hands full. He's, he's How much gonna, is the, the next game's at Vanderbilt at home? How big oh. is a must-win is that, considering they got Auburn at Georgia and at Ole Miss after that? Oh, for sure. I, I think, you know, there's there's two games I think can be that could be had on that schedule, but it starts with this week. They got to get a victory. I, if not for the fans, for the players, man, because I'm not saying there was, there was give up in that team, but there was some times that you questioned the effort, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. All right. Final game to break down here. Shane Ole Miss just whips the piss out of Vanderbilt. 54, <laughs> 21, Honda Morristown upset pick of the week <laughs> blows up in my face. What in the hell was I thinking with that one? Matt Corral looked like the second coming of John Elway, 412 passing yards, six touchdowns, completed 31 of 34 passes. Elijah Moore back to uh, where we thought he has been all year, 14 catches, 238 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, my God. And <laughs> Hell, even Vanderbilt, I thought their offense – I thought they played pretty well in this game, and it was literally never in doubt 
I mean, Ole Miss had two quarters where they scored 21 points. They didn't. They they took their foot off the gas here in the fourth quarter. They missed a couple kicks, and yet mm-hmm. they won here by damn near 35 points on the road. And this is um, this is was basically back to uh, Alabama Ole Miss offense, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Matt with three incompletions. I. 31 to 34. Just how unreal is that? 412, six touchdowns. I mean, that's that's NCAA game numbers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. that's, just, uh, that's impressive. And and again, build off that. Matt, you got the ability. And I, I don't know if you're listening today, Matt, but I'm going to tell you right now, you've got it. You have got it. You've got the tangibles needed to be uh, a quarterback that ha- that can play on Sundays. And he's just a sophomore, Mike. He's got so much going for him. He's got weapons around him. And he utilized that this week. And he didn't give up. He didn't make mistakes like he did in the past. So I'm hoping that that's more to do with film study. I hope that's more to do with game prep than it is just luck because he was on point out there against Vandy. Yeah, for Vandy, Ken Seals, I mean, he had another solid show. And like I said, the, the offense at times looked pretty good. 31 of 40, 319 yards, two touchdowns. He did have an interception, but uh, and they had over 100 yards rushing. So, I mean, this is a kind of a recipe that you want. Unfortunately, the defense was just, you know, this is obviously Derek Mason's defense. And I don't know what in the hell if – I mean, if he can't have his – hang his hat on the defense. I don't know what he's got to hang his hat on, you know, yeah. and it's just unfortunate because they, and, and keep in mind, they had three weeks to prepare for this game. Dude, that's what I was thinking the entire time I'm watching it. Now it's like, okay, maybe we should circle Mississippi state. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine how bad the defense would be if they, if they had just a week to prepare for this one, you know what? Oh, I know. Or if they're thin because COVID tracing. Yeah, this was not good, man. This was not a good I, – I thought this was going to be a closer game than it was. But kudos to Ole Miss, man. They came out, and, I mean, once they – I mean, once it, they started bleeding, man, they didn't let up. It was almost like they made Vanderbilt pay for Auburn stealing one from them. You know what? <laughs> That's what I felt like. They're not even going to make this come down to a game-time decision, you know? <laughs> Well, let's kick it over to Coach Kiffin. He had uh, probably the best quote of the, the entire show here on his team being focused for this game. Uh, he he got a question from a guy in a mask, and then he that kind of sent him down a, a rabbit hole here. About, and then he it was a kicker question, but his response was classic. And then on Elijah Moore's uh, big performance and wanting the uh, all-time Kiffin record here. Lane, you mentioned uh, in the week that uh, you were a little concerned I guess that Ole Miss might uh, overlook Vanderbilt, or, or you talked about, uh, you touched on that. What, what did you think of efficiency and focus for you guys early on? Well, you know, give credit to the players. I usually don't talk about the coaches, but I think the coaches did a really good job of that. You know, we talked about it all week, especially this morning. You know, no fans here for the most part at all. You know, it felt like a, I was joking on the headset, it felt like a high school game, you know, when the high school team goes and plays at the, you know, college stadium. And um, I thought our coach did a good job getting guys, you know, to have great energy, bringing great energy, you know, and just said, hey, why don't you guys have the same energy you had when we played Alabama, you know? And so well, let's really go out there today like that. And I thought our guys did. 
so a lot went well for Ole Miss today, but you guys struggled on special teams, especially Luke Logan. He missed two extra points and a, a field goal. Can you talk about what adjustments need to be made in your special teams unit and also maybe how uh, Luke Logan's inconsistencies this season have affected your mindset in terms of kicking? What's the theory of wearing the mask while you ask the question with no one around you? Um, just Paris really is sitting like four feet away from me. So, well, actually, it happened to me today. So, I told John Rice to fake to his right and throw to Elijah, you know, on a on a double move, and then it came to the sideline. He threw it to the right. I said, "What are you doing?" Elijah's wide open, and he said, "I couldn't hear you because the mask." So, I really couldn't hear you. But I think you said special teams and. We weren't very good, and what should we change? Uh, we should make the kick. So um, I don't think that involves a lot of people besides the kicker. Lane, you've said a couple of times this season that you're challenging Elijah to be the all-time record leader. Sorry, Echo, do you mind putting in headphones? Um, yeah, Elijah challenging him to break the all-time school record. Just what do you do with somebody that is performing this well, and how do you keep motivating him to perform at such a high level when people are keying in on him? Well, he asked me to start the third quarter. He's like, what is the most you've ever had, you know, with the receiver? So I think he wanted to, like, break the record anybody had been around. And I said, well, I think Marquise, Marquise Lee at Arizona had 340 um, one, one game we actually lost. So – because um, he thought he was really good. He had like 220 at half. So I said, you got a long ways to go. So we actually tried to put him back in there on a few plays um, when John was in there, uh, just so he could catch another touchdown. But, you know, I just love that the guy didn't complain last week. He had whatever, 20 yards or something like that, and he never even brought it up. So uh, it was great to give him the ball today. And, I mean, you can't have a better first half than that. I think he had 12 at half or something like that for over 200. All right, Shade. So I think, you know, Kiffin's obviously in a much better mood when he wins, asking damn guys about why they're wearing the mask during the presser and everything, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, it's, I don't understand, Mike. Why Why don't they use face shields like, you know, some of these guys do in the NFL? It, it seems like that would be the route to go with a coach, not with these masks, but what do I know? You know, I just I just thought about that when he was talking about it. And it's just, it's just kind of funny. And you notice they're all wearing the same mask. Yeah, I th- the SEC, after they find everybody, they must have mailed those out to them or something. And it, it's weird because it seems like only the head coach gets that one. It must be like a golden mask or something. Well, and I'm looking at it, and you could kind of see their face. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. is, is, this, is this a fake mask? You know, because like, <laughs> you know? I can see, see your lips. So how are you keeping COVID behind that thing? <laughs> What, can I buy one? I, that's what I want to take to the grocery store. <laughs> all right, Shane, final thing here. We recapped all these uh, these games. None of them were very entertaining, but we should have at least two, if not three, really, really great games here. Only four games, week seven. You ready to guess the lines? Let's do it. All right, Shane, first game on the docket here. Big game, obviously. Likely to decide the SEC East. Florida versus Georgia in Jacksonville. World's largest outdoor cocktail tail party. <laughs> What'd you have for this one, Shane? Oh, Mike, I think I'm way off on these uh, the more I've looked at these. But I, I'm thinking Georgia minus four. I said Georgia minus three. And you win, Shane. It's Georgia minus five. Hmm. That was the opening. How about that? 
Has that moved any? <laughs> no, it's still at five. Oh, okay. All right. All right, next game on the docket here, Shane. Vanderbilt at Mississippi State. What'd you have for this one? Mississippi State minus seven and a half. Man, I said Vanderbilt, my, or excuse me, Mississippi State minus three. And you win this one, Shane. Mississippi State favored by 16 points. Can can Mississippi Holy. State score 16 points? Jeez Louise, Mike. That's a sucker bet right there. I ain't touching <laughs> it. Mm-mm. They know something. <laughs> Texas A&M at uh-huh. South Carolina. What do you have for this one? Texas A&M minus nine. I said Texas A&M minus 10. You win this one too, Shane. It's Texas A&M minus eight. Hell yeah. Now let's see if you go for the sweep here. Tennessee at Arkansas. What do you have for this one? I got Arkansas minus two and a half. Well, sir, you're not going to sweep me because I said Tennessee favored by two and it opened up Tennessee favored by three. Jeez, looky there, Mike. Yeah, I knew the... See, the the betters are still... They're still not... uh, on the side of Arkansas. I think they've, they've seen too much from them last year. Mm-hmm. So there's there's value there. That that line's already shifted down to Tennessee, favored by one still. But that could be a really, really good game. Tennessee yeah. at Arkansas. Hmm. So we don't have a lot of action this week. But, hey, we're still going to bring you guys an episode every yeah. every day here to break it, these games down. They might be kind of... <laughs> uh, a little bit shorter than some of the other ones, but hey, we're not going to leave you guys hanging on this important week here in the in the SEC. We know we're just going to have these things keep going, Shane. Heck yeah, brother. No, I think it's going to be a good week, and last time we had four games, they were fantastic four games, so uh, th- never a dull moment in the SEC, and uh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, we got some doozies here, So, and there's going to be a lot of news coming out, and like Mike said, we'll be sure to get that out to you guys. Absolutely, Shane. Well, hey, last thing before we jump off here, don't forget, if you made it this far, if you wouldn't mind just going that extra step, giving us that five-star written review on the Apple Podcast app, we'll send you a koozie free of charge representing your team. That's just our way of saying thanks for doing that. But uh, hey, buddy, that's all I got. You got anything else before we hop off here? Nope, that's it. Just uh, if you tell, if you see Kirby, bump into him, tell him he owes me $100. But other than that, <laughs> we're good, Mike. <laughs> All right, Shane. Well, thanks for joining me. As always, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go Vols.
there, SEC fans. If you've been enjoying the music of this podcast, then head on over to www.crimsoncalamitymusic.com to follow us on social media and to hear our new song, Ghost. Out now on all streaming services and wherever digital music is sold. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to you, Mike and Shane.